Welcome to Mr. Bait and Switch. Ghost stories to keep you and your organization alive. Each of these stories is written to reflect on life-giving insights, but you have to figure out what the insight is that will keep you alive. For more information and reflection and discussion questions, go to spacepainter.com. And now, let's get to our next story. Stone-Faced, written and read by J. Thomas Sparrow. Joseph wasn't a night watchman. He worked the day shift, but tonight he was filling in, which he did infrequently and reluctantly. In the dead of night, Joseph left his co-worker and walked into the dark of the art museum to do the rounds. The sounds of his footsteps echoed as he walked through the entrance lobby, past the ticket counter and information desk, towards the main stairwell. He made his way to the upstairs gallery, the motion sensor, switched on the lights, although only to half power. Everything was dim and shadowy. He came to the Native American arts room. It was filled with pottery, masks, and weavings. Joseph himself was filled with resentment and defiance, upset with having to cover this shift. In the center of the room, there was a life-sized bison and a bear. These were roped off to keep the visitors from trying to touch them. The bear was standing on its hind legs and towering nine feet into the air. The bison was positioned standing in grass, but looking to the side like it had just spotted a threat. Joseph examined it for a moment and then did what no visitor was allowed to do. He stepped over the rope and stood next to the bison. Why shouldn't I do something nobody else gets to do, he thought. I'm stuck here in the middle of the night. I can do whatever I damn well please. It's the least the museum can do for me as I give up another good night's sleep. Joseph ran his hand over the side of the bison. It felt warm, like the animal was actually alive. Joseph put his ear next to the nostrils of the bull. It sounded like the bison was breathing. He laughed at the thought. He positioned himself nose to nose with the bison and whispered, What you got, big fella? There was a snort that seemed to come from the bull. That startled Joseph. He took a couple of steps back, right into the bear. Joseph let out a short scream as he realized that he had backed into the bear, its fur touching his neck. He lost his balance and slipped to the side, which caused him to fall on the exhibit's rope. One of its stands tumbled over, making a loud clank as it hit the tile. Joseph stayed on the floor for a few seconds, his heart pounding. As he set the stand back in place, he said to himself, I really don't like this. It sucks. I hate walking through here at night. He continued his rounds, walking down the service steps and into the storage and work area a room as big as a football field with art that was crated, sheeted, or boxed. 
There were also work tables where the art was cleaned and repaired. On one of these huge tables was a sheet cloaking an item about six inches tall. Joseph was curious. It felt like he deserved to see what was under that sheet. After all, Joseph wouldn't see his own sheets tonight. He lifted the white fabric to see a small statue of a smiling man carved out of stone. He picked up the statue and examined it. He guessed he was holding something that was more than 2,000 years old. Joseph looked at the ancient face. It stared back at him, but it had no eyes, just indentations where the eyes should have been. Joseph continued to look at the face of the statue and soon found himself in a trance-like state. He couldn't break his gaze as he looked into the eye sockets of the statue. He thought, put it down, but he couldn't. His vision began to blur. In his imagination, he saw his own eyes set into the statue's face. Joseph felt a pressure in his cheeks and forehead. His face was inching toward the statue. He could hear his blood pulsing through his head. Forcing his eyes shut, he separated his gaze from the little statue. When he opened his eyes, he was careful not to look directly at it as he set the statue back on the table. Joseph thrust the sheet over the statue and walked out of the room. He was out of breath as he climbed the stairs back to the main floor. He was almost done with his walk. Joseph took a deep breath as he entered his favorite part of the museum. He tried to relax as he walked among the life-size statues from the Renaissance era. He could feel his heart pounding. It was a mix of excitement and fear. Joseph decided he was going to do something else he had never done before. He would touch one of the statues but he became worried that someone was watching him. Not from the cameras, but from here in the room. He couldn't shake the feeling that he wasn't alone. Joseph didn't think that there were other people here, but he wondered about the artwork itself. Did it have life? He paused and looked at one of the masterpieces standing before him. It was a combination of two figures. One was of a man, powerfully built but damaged. His head was missing, and his left hand was gone. Joseph knew that this was a valuable piece of art, carved out of marble by one of Michelangelo's students. Even without the head, it was a stunning piece. The woman, who was the other figure in the duet, was staring at the man, smiling, leaning, and reaching for him. She was barely dressed with a cloth covering her. Her hair hung down below her shoulders, her head tilted. Looking at her stirred something deep in Joseph. He felt a sense of melancholy. She was forever reaching for her lover, who had lost his head. How did that happen? 
Was it damaged in the making so that he never had a head? Or did vandals some hundreds of years ago knock his head off? Joseph decided to follow through with his desire. He reached out and touched the lady's arm. It was cold and not exactly smooth. He thought that it would have been perfectly smooth, but it had a roughness to it. He looked closely at her eyes. They were carved out of stone, not nearly as convincing as the glass bison eyes. Yet there was something about them that was entrancing. Joseph saw a dark spot under one of her eyes. He looked closely, and it appeared to be a tiny bead of water. Perhaps a leak from the ceiling had caused it. That was a comforting thought to him, for Joseph knew he was breaking the rules. He was touching the artwork, breathing on it, stepping on it. But now he had found a reason why he should be so close to the artwork. He examined the ceiling with his flashlight. There was no sign of a leak, no pipe, no stain, no drip. He shined the flashlight onto the statue. There was clearly water there. Joseph climbed onto the pedestal base of the statues. The bead of water looked like a teardrop. He put his index finger into the droplet. He pulled it away and rubbed the water with his thumb and index finger. He brought the finger up to his own eyes and looked at the wetness glistening in the dim light. He opened his mouth and placed the tip of his finger on his tongue. It was salty. He thought he would need to report this. Yes, he definitely would. He had found water on a priceless statue. Joseph stepped off of the pedestal and looked at the scene, the lovers trying to reach one another, the man defaced with no head or left hand, Joseph's gaze locked on the man's wrist. He felt a pain in his own hand. He sighed quietly. I feel your pain, old fella. I wish I could have stopped the people who broke your hand and head off. That wouldn't have happened on my watch. He rotated his wrist. His whole hand was really hurting. He rubbed his wrist with his right hand. He let out a moan, which alarmed him. It was a sickly cry in the quiet of the night. Now he felt a pressure in his neck. He massaged the back of his neck to relieve the tension. Joseph tried to walk, but the pain stopped him and took his breath away. He couldn't breathe. Falling to the wooden floor, landing on his back, the pain in his hand felt like a clamp was severing it. He writhed in pain and lay helpless on his back. As he stared at the ceiling, a gruesome sight appeared. It was a hand dripping with blood floating through the air, moving toward the statues. His neck, it felt like it was being broken. He couldn't move. He couldn't swallow, couldn't breathe, but he could hear snapping and gurgling. His gaze slowly became elevated. 
He saw down the hall. He looked at the other statues so nicely laid out in a row. His vision moved to the floor. It was as if he was in a dream. He saw a body lying on the floor. He saw blood, blood leaking from the body. The body had no head and was missing a hand. It was wearing his clothes. Now he could see her. She was coming into his vision. His gaze was locked upon her beautiful stone face. His hand was reaching for her. The lights in the gallery went dark, but he could see through the darkness that her expression was changing, her eyes narrowing, and her smile becoming a smirk. It was as if she was saying, I have you now. You're mine, and you're not going anywhere. The dead of night silenced the room. Thanks for listening to Mr. Bait and Switch, ghost stories to keep you and your organization alive. Remember, to see reflection and discussion questions, go to spacepainter.com. This podcast is brought to you by Resounding Source Audio.